UpToDate wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. For the second time in two days, the Kansas City jazz community has been rocked by the passing of one of its core members. On Wednesday morning, Ida Macbeth died at 70 after a career in which she was known as the queen of jazz and blues. Her passing came just a day after Ronald McFadden died. He was one half of the McFadden brothers, the highly touted tap dancing team that had entertained audiences around the world. We recalled his life the other day on this show. Early on, Ida Macbeth led her own group, which proved to be empowering for other women wanting to make it in the music scene. Joining us on to talk about the queen of jazz and blues are Chuck Haddix. He's host of The Fish Fry Heard here on KCUR on Friday and Saturday nights. He's director of the Mar- Sound Archives and author of Bird, The Life and Music of Charlie Parker. Chuck, it's always good to see you. Welcome to the show. Steve, thanks for having me on. Also with us is Millie Edwards, is one of Kansas City's most respected vocalists, admired for her ability to sing cabaret, pop, blues, and jazz. Millie, it's always good to see you, too. Welcome. Nice to see you. Well, Millie, this is a, turning out to be a tough week for the Kansas City jazz scene. What, what do you make of it? My heart is broken. I bet. Because we've lost individuals that they're steep in history. And I want to make it very clear, they loved Kansas City. Mm-hmm. No matter where they went, they always came home because Kansas City was home. Yeah, My heart goes out to uh, Lonnie. My heart goes out. Lonnie, the surviving brother of the the, McFadden. The surviving brother. Mm -hmm. My heart goes out to Ida's son. Mm. But the history that both of them are, it cannot be reproduced. It cannot be copied. I just think about Ronnie and his brother and his family and what they did for Kansas City I think about Ida. When I first saw Ida, I had never seen a woman had her own group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I saw the connection that she made to the audience, she, as musicians, I don't care if you're a vocalist, I don't care if you're an instrumentalist, 
with the music, you make it your own, but you tell a story. Mm-hmm. And, and she prided herself on telling she a story. She prided herself on telling stories. And through tap, Ronnie told his story. Mm-hmm. And Ida, no matter what she sang, it was always amazing to hear and see the story she was telling and how the audience reacted. They understood immediately what she was saying, and that mm-hmm. came from growing up in the church. Yeah. You know, Chuck, it always seems to me w- when these moments happen, we lose folks like this, that, you know, the ground sort of shakes, the foundation sort of crumbles a little bit. Things don't quite feel right. Yeah, I think I think we're reeling because, uh, you know, they've been such long-term fixtures on the scene, too. Yeah, right. I mean, Ida's career's uh, nearly 50 years uh, she, you know, she started out here in 1973, playing at the Playboy Club, mm-hmm. and uh, it's was, it was interesting. You know, I, I interviewed her in 2016, and she talked about how she would take the bus from Kansas City, Kansas, to the Playboy Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure Mom knew about that. Did she? <laughs> no, she didn't. Yeah. She, th- she thought she was folding clothes, uh, doing doing wrapping presents at yeah. W.T. Grants. <laughs> yeah, and you know she was such a pioneer. And also, these guys are linked to earlier tradition. Absolutely. Uh, you know, to the Kansas City tradition through, of course, uh, Ronnie's. Uh, Father smiling Jimmy McFadden was mm-hmm. a popular entertainer and dancer in the 1930s, and Ida Macbeth. You know, when she was coming up, she was learning from people like Priscilla Bowman. Right, right. And she was steeped in that tradition. Right. She was a master of singing Julia Lee when she'd do snatch and grab it, and she she knew how to command a room. And she's a lot like Aretha, like Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin can take take a song and truly make it her own. Mm-hmm. Through her arrangements and the way she performed it, and Ida was like that too. Yeah. She could take a Bonnie Raitt song and and improve on it. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, as a kid, Everett Devan introduced me to Ida, and the ironic e- e- Everett Devan, Devan, the big uh, organist, the famous yes, organist in town. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And that the first time I knew what it was to tell a story and make a song your own was when I heard Ida. Do I Will Survive, the old Gloria Gaynor disco tune. She made it a ballad. Yeah. She told the story, took away the tempo, mm. and it became a ballad. And people bought it. I think what we're going to – let's listen to a little – we have that track queued up. It's nice that you mentioned I Will Survive, the Gloria Gaynor disco hit. But Ida made it a ballad. Let's listen to how she did it. Hard to miss the pieces 
You know, to your point here, as we sit here and talk about this, Millie, that's a great example of making a song your own. If anyone out there can't recall Gloria Gaynor's original hit, I Will Survive, what what, uh, Ida is doing there is a complete departure from that song. Complete. Yeah. I mean, the instrumentation, the arrangement, she always had incredible musicians backing her up, and that song, listening to it, it's joyous, but it's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Really That's something, isn't it, Chuck? Oh, it is. You know, yeah. I first saw Ida at the old Baghdad down on uh, Broadway. We used to call it the Gag Bad. And she came out, <laughs> and she, she, she really hadn't found her stage presence yet. She came out, and but that voice was just incredible. And then later I had the opportunity to work with her and Rich Hill and the riffs. I was kind of like the fifth riffs. When we, we were we were booking Harlings, Rich and I were booking Harlings, and, and Ida and, and the band played up there, and they would just pack them in every night. One one of the things she really enjoyed that a lot of musicians today don't enjoy are long runs at clubs. Mm-hmm. Right. At the point, seventeen. You years don't see at the that point. much no. anymore. No. no, you really don't. Why not? No. You know, I think that I'm not sure, but you know, the, you know, they would have hotel gigs like mm-hmm. the sign, she played signboard mm-hmm. for for weeks at a time. And I think that it's just not a commitment in the clubs for uh, live music for 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 that kind of and certain groups, certain groups, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Kansas City, the other side of it is there's so much talent, yeah, and it's a different time. Mm-hmm. It used to be you would be at a place forever, yeah. But now things churn, turn over. Things churn. Uh, Millie, tell me a little bit more about Ida Macbeth, the person. What what was she like to hang with? What what was she like? For me, and everybody has has had a different relationship with Ida, she was kind, she was gracious, she was an educator because she wanted women to survive. She wanted women to be in the scene and in control of their destiny. And she would give me information and I'd go, because I was, you know, I was just getting into it. And she'd she didn't mind sharing her success. And that's one thing I learned from her. Pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Pay it forward and don't be afraid to help somebody else because in helping somebody else, it'll come back to you. Yeah. And she gave me life lessons when it came to playing on the scene, to always dress and look professional. You never, you never saw her not ready. She always looked 110%. She she said that. She said, you're putting on a show. People are coming to see a show. They want to look and feel like they're being entertained. She said, no matter if there's one person in the audience or if it's the room's packed, Give them a show and look professional. Be on. Don't phone it in because it will lead to something else. And you never know who is sitting out there looking at you. Respect the band. Mm-hmm. There's more of them than you. Mm-hmm. Mm. She, great, she taught great lessons. Great perf- lessons, which also transfer to every facet of your life. Yeah. We'll be back in just a minute.
Chuck, what was she like to interview? She was great. You know, we, we, we've been friends for a long time. She's mm -hmm. one of the sweetest people you'll ever she, meet. Yeah. And she's real down to earth right. for a big star. She was just, just, just right there. And she always, one of the things about Ida, she always had the best musicians, local musicians in her band. She always she had did. a crack band with an arranger. And sitting down with her, it was kind of like old home week because we hadn't seen each other for a while. And so she came by the fish fry and she was receiving an award from the American Jazz Museum. And she was very forthcoming about her career. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, looking back at that interview, I was like, wow. For once, I shut up and let her talk. You know, you, you know, you know with, when you're doing interviews, uh -huh. you know, you can interject yourself a little too much in there. Keep it, and, and she, keep was, it she shut. just opened up and really, I think, looking back, just told her story. And it, and one of the, I think, more more moving parts of the interview is when she talks about when she first got started in the church. Because we have a clip there. Yeah, you know, she's always, always, her, she's rooted in the church. She's a great soul singer. She's a very versatile vocalist. She could sing anything. Yeah, but she, she really like when she was doing Bill Withers, she would out Bill Withers, Bill Withers. <laughs> well, let's listen to this clip uh, from I think your interview of her talking about her first time singing in the church and what that experience was like for her. And I always sound like a grown woman when I was a little girl, even when I was a little girl. So I got up on, on one Sunday morning. They said, we're going to have Miss Miss Macbeth to come up here. Little, little old Miss Macbeth, come on up here and sing the song, baby. Come on. And they got me up in the, in the choir, and they put me some boxes so I could stand up to the microphone. And I started to sing it, It's In My Heart. And I remember, because it kind of scared me, all the sisters and stuff got the falling out with the white dresses on, and the uh, the deacons was going over there with the fans, fanning them, trying to get them up the floor, and I was getting scared and scared. I said, oh, my God, you know, I said, my mother's going to give me a whooping to myself, you know, I made the old ladies fall out. <laughs> so, but then I found out that that was a good thing, you know. Well, the folks were fainting because they were so impressed with her singing, and she was scared that they were fainting because we're fainting, feigning fainting because right. that she had done something wrong, right? Well, it's significant. I mean, you know, when you think about, about worship services where people really feel the spirit and then they go into and the yeah. spirit overtakes them, that's what happened right there. Yeah. And she was so young, she didn't understand that that's all part of the service. And, and one of her things, Millie, was, as she pointed out in that clip, that she her voice sounded older than she actually was. So even at a young age, it sounded like she was well further down the road you're right mm -hmm. you're right she had a very mature voice and even though she didn't understand the power behind that maturity she was at a young age able to tell the story and emotionally move people and and cause them to cry out and to fall out which is so much a part of gospel yeah, in the right. black church. Right, right, she didn't right. understand. But when you she say had a, it. the importance of a singer telling a story, what does that mean? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Nowadays, and if I talk pop, so many singers sound alike, and it's just putting a song out there. It's so important to do honor and respect to the writer of the song. It's important to tell that story because that's what music is. Mm -hmm. Music is a story. If you can't, no matter where you go in the world, if you can't speak the language, but if you can sing a song, 
that's why music is powerful. People relate to music. And when you respect the author, when you tell a song, when you move people, when they connect to what you're saying, that's power. Mm-hmm. And that's why music, good music, will last because people want to be moved. Chuck, you know as well as anyone that some singers can tell a story and some singers maybe can't. Yeah, I think that's really important. And also, you know, I was thinking about what you just said, and she had an uncanny ability to connect with her audience. And I think that that is one of the reasons she had such wrong runs in clubs. People would go back and see her. It was almost like you were going to church when you'd go see Ida. You know, I'm going to go see Ida tonight. Right. Mm-hmm. And and right. when when you're in that room, and sh- she's just mesmerized the audience. It's like she's she's preaching the song. She's mm-hmm. telling a song, mm-hmm. and 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 also it's it's so much souls from the heart, mm-hmm. and and that that really you can't fake that. And she had that. You know, a few years ago, the American Jazz Museum gave her a lifetime achievement award, and I'm guessing that it was a good thing for her to know just how much she was appreciated here, Millie. It it was it mm-hmm. it and that's the nice thing is is honor people while they're alive let them know they're valued. There's and a debate about that sometimes. I know there is a debate about that, but someone like Ida, someone like Ronnie, someone like Myra, someone like Bobby, it's more that they're more than. Their music, mm-hmm. they have they have established themselves and put Kansas City on the map, and you need to thank them for what they've done. And backing up to something you said, and this is where music—it's it, so important to connect to people in a time where we are so divided. I will always remember seeing Ida for the first time and looking at how diverse. Her base was, and that spoke to her power and her mm-hmm. strength and mm-hmm. the ability to connect with all people. That's what a, a good story does. It affects all people, and they don't care. They're going to go wherever that person is mm-hmm. to get that connection again, and that's why people like that need to be recognized while they're alive because all of those people did the same thing. Chuck, a lot of legends, as we're talking here, leaving the scene, passing away. Is there any reason to be worried about the state of the jazz scene in Kansas City? No, no. I'm, I'm really encouraged because there's so many young players that are coming mm-hmm. up, and they're so respectful of the tradition, and particularly with Bobby Watson, uh, the tradition, and Herman Mahari. Mm-hmm. The tradition is being just passed town, on to the right. next generation. And if you look at the number of clubs in town, they're featuring jazz. You look at UMKC's jazz program uh, and all the young cats and kittens coming into town yeah. and all the great vocalists coming up. And the fact that they're able to work, I mean, that that's what drives the, the whole scene Right, is the number of clubs. And we've got these clubs where they can work, and so I'm really encouraged. Well, I want to thank Chuck Haddix, again, host of The Fish Fry, for coming in. Millie Edwards, the uh, highly respected vocalist, for being here and remembering the life of Ida Macbeth. We're going to go out with her song, I Can't Make You Love Me, from her album Special Request. And just a quick note, uh, our show is produced by Zach Wilson with help from Elizabeth Ruiz, Reginald David, and Claudia Brancart. Our music is composed most days. You'll hear it by the great Bob Watson, Paul Nakatura works our board. I'm Steve Kraske. We'll see you tomorrow. Turn down the lights. Turn down the bed.
Don't patronize.